Good evening. Any questions tonight? It's a very simple question. Uh, just wondering what's the purpose of having the index finger up and not touching the jump ball or the knees while changing? Difficult question. <laughs> These uh, standards are. Um, uh, put in place by Sanatana Goswami in his work Hari Bhakti Vilas, which is uh, he comp- he comp- compiled um, along with Gopal Bhatta Goswami, and uh, he Sanatana Prabhu commented on it as well. It's a basically a compilation of verses from different uh, sacred texts, pranic texts, tantras, and so forth in which the uh, standard of behavior of the Vaishnavas, uh, their procedures with regard to archan, worship of Sri Murti, the deity, um, and all other uh, procedures, if you will, that uh, a Vaishnava would, uh, in this case a Gaudiya Vaishnava, would um, have... uh, cause to participate in marriage, uh, uh, the uh, funeral ceremony, the, the, the uh, mantras for worship, for sannyas, for, so it's a, it's a, what would you call it, a uh, smriti, Vaishnav smriti, like you heard of Manu smriti, well this is, this is a Gaudiya Vaishnav smriti. Mm-hmm. So standards uh, that give the uh, sampradaya, the lineage, some shape, some form, right? It was they, this was a he was commissioned Sanatan to establish uh, commissioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that really the, the, the sampradaya. He's like an architect of the sampradaya mm-hmm. in this respect giving it some structure and at a time. So you have to consider the time also and the circumstances that they were dealing with. Establishing a new sampradaya of sorts and, and revolutionary controversial ideas that Krishna is the fountainhead of all avatars. It was typically thought that Narayan was the source of all avatars. And Krishna was one of his avatars and so forth. So the place of Radha. Hmm? Um, um, that was uh, given to her, so to speak, acknowledged by the Goswamis, drawn from the sacred text, was something that was uh, also controversial at the time. So, the, such such a work was necessary, as were the more philosophical texts, theological texts, like uh, the Sandarbhas, uh, Jiva Goswami, the uh, Rupa Goswami's Bhaktura Samhita Sindhu and so forth, the commentaries on the Bhagavatam. So this is all core texts going into the forming of the Sampadaya, but, but the Hari Bhakti Vilas in particular is giving it some form, shape. The other books may be giving it more substance, if you will, but it needs a shape nonetheless. So we look like this, we dress like this, we wear our tilak like this. We are Vasika like this. We are Gaudiya people. There is 
apparently some sense of uniform that was uh, as it was conceived by uh, Sanatana Goswami for good reason uh, to distinguish themselves from other sects and in doing so um, to give support to that from citing the greater body of sacred literature that is accepted by all the sampradayas, the Puranas, for example, some of the Tantras and so on. So, um, with regard to chanting, then, I think it, I believe it's mentioned there, 108 beads from the Tulsi, starting from the big bead, chanting with the middle finger and the thumb, and and uh, so forth. Um, uh, beads should be shaped like murdungas or like like heads of cows. I think is another explanation. <laughs> um, so there are some details, and uh, and then there's the bead bag, right? Is what you're asking about. And so it's said that um, that uh, that one should keep one's mantra to oneself, hmm? and one should keep one's bhajan and the result of that one's inner life. It's kind of a private affair. Hmm? That means it's not meant for general public consumption. Doesn't mean you can't share it with other intimate devotees who who are dear to you, who may be more advanced than you. Predilection involves that. Uh, what is it? Um, hmm. Yeah. Tadati pratigrinati pumte bojetaichaiva. What is the next one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Guhyam So, secrets, telling secrets. Hmm. These are uh, uh, symptoms of love amongst the uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas, telling secrets, the secret of my heart. But you can't tell secrets just to anybody and everybody. So it's the same principle. We, we cover the flame, the spark, of our of our uh, bhava, that it might not get blown out, and we protect it. Hmm? Um, and I think we discussed this a little bit the other the other night as well. And so similarly, it said, one should not uh, one should uh, what should not reveal one's. I think it might be said one's guru, one's mantra, one's as a few things, which also means that um, you don't go around and beat everybody over the head with my guru is the best guru and and so forth. There is some place for praising the guru, but it's also there's another side to it as well. This is this is a private thing. I was very blessed in this way to have this connection, and so I, I treasure it, and so I don't just uh, throw the pearls to use a biblical. Uh, phrase before the swine, before the people that won't appreciate something like that. Hmm? You follow? Um, so, so uh, there, there's a place for that idea, and so the beads, the mantra, um, chanting on the beads. There's one thing, kirtan, but japa is a limb of dhyan, 
of meditation, smaranam. Hmm? And so smaranam typically is done uh, quietly, you know, to oneself, even even privately and so forth. There are different uh, advices given from a yogic point of view, to not too high, not too low. If it's too high, uh, you might fall off. If it's too low, you might get bitten by a snake. Uh, these are considerations that are, uh, we find in the Gita, for example. So, meditation is, uh, is, is uh, I must say, contemplative. It's moving away from the outer world. It's an inner affair. So, japa of Harinam is a limb of this dhyana of Sparnam. So, so the beads then are uh, taken and put in a bag, and so then it's kind of hidden, something like that. And often the devotee will hold it like this over their heart in the bag. Hmm? People see you and they go, what happened to your hand? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Today in the modern society, I've, I've had that happen. So it's a kind of a way, if you a, 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 a tool of, of, uh, for, in a sense, uh, entering into a state of mind that will be conducive for the practice. Hmm? Um, ultimately, of course, whatever works, works for focusing the mind, but there are things that are given in the sutras of Vedanta and other places, as I say, that um, can help us. So it's, it's intended for that. Um, that said, um, and I guess the, the hard part is why this finger is sticking out. Uh, uh, I think it's because um, this finger is, is is the most probably used finger for things, and so you you can still do that as something if you have to something something like that. Hare Krishna. Uh, so, um, but I, I I can't say that I recall uh, reading the exactly. I'm just making a conjecture on that, and I've heard that uh, before about the uh, the, in the, the ego, ego. Uh, that's true. That it represents Jupiter. Yeah, that's uh, from uh, so. But I don't know if it's uh, it, it may be something that's implied in the culture and the time that's understood. I don't believe that. Sanatana Prabhu brought out the reason it was kind of implicit or un- understood, and it may be a, one of these uh, reasons. I don't know why you would stick the guru finger out necessarily, or the ego finger out, and it doesn't quite, uh, you know, make it for me there to kind of make a connection. But um, so, you know, uh, there it's one of the things. Let's say that there are a number of them. They are written in the texts as with regard to procedures or practices and so forth that don't always, that leave us with questions like this that aren't answered because they were, again, went without, went without saying, if you will, in the culture of the time and so forth. Nonetheless, we tend to adopt them hmm? um, unless they really end up being you know, kind of a very uh, contrary 
to the culture in which we live in a way that would be counterproductive. So there's a place for differentiating between essentials and um, non-essentials, leaving the non-essentials behind. And um, um, there's also a place for bringing non-essential aspects, cultural aspects, behavioral um, standards and, and so forth from the past into the present that may be conducive for our practice and maybe an improved uh, um, way of uh, arguably uh, doing things or conducting oneself that you could uh, share with us. Like, for example, we, we don't... Uh, someone might say, you know, well, I guess you could give an answer to it, but we don't, we don't wear our shoes in the temple. In the churches, they, they wear their, their shoes in the temple, right? In the church. Right. The priest's on the altar, he's got his shoes on. We don't do that. Um, so, But it's a nice thing. Um, and, it, and you can get somewhere with people by saying, they, they kind of like, they get it, you know. They get the idea. So there are things like that that we don't, that we don't need to abandon, that we can carry, that can be, um, that are beautiful and they can be appreciated, although they're like, Non-essential. I, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's said in Hari Bhakti unless you can't wear shoes in the temple. It's kind of like goes without saying. I guess they said they used to have a pump outside the temple, and you'd most of the sadhus would be barefoot, and a lot of the people too, and so they would wash their feet um, with a pump, um, hand pump outside the temple before before going in. Um, so anyway, there are some things like that that don't exactly. You can't. They pertain to India in that time, and so don't eat this at this time. And it's like it doesn't only grows at that time here, you know. So you, so there are adjustments that can be made, and at the same time, not that we have to throw that all all of that out necessarily. So I don't know the answer to your question is the real answer to your question, per se, but I give some background about these kind of things and. And um, and um, I have heard that this finger is used uh, more in in ways that would be uh, inappropriate, or it, it, you know, it goes like this, it goes like that, and so forth. And so you keep it out of the bag. I mean, that's I think what the basic idea is. So you keep it out of the bag. It's it's, it's the least clean of the fingers. Hmm? You. I'm sorry, because I, I get that, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, it's also root to point, and we use this finger to point. Mm-hmm. But this finger. <laughs> oh, in the modern culture? That's why we don't stick it out the bag. <laughs> we carefully we keep that in. Yeah, but that's something you know that comes in. I don't know where that. I don't know how that started, but that's a new mudra. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, so. 
What else? Yes. Um, I've heard that in the spiritual world, there's only the present moment. But, um, so I was wondering, does that mean that the cowherd boys or the gopis, they never remember any, like, do the cowherd boys remember when they used to, like, break into the gopis' houses and break their butter pots and steal them? No, it doesn't mean like that. It means that there are different kinds of time, and um, and in the Leela, there everything is eternal, and in that sense, there's an eternal present. Every moment is eternally present. Mm-hmm. No moment passes and is gone, mm-hmm. um, and, and nothing... Uh, uh, so beginnings and ends, right? But um, here there are beginnings and there are ends. There may be an appearance of beginnings and ends, but there is no uh, end, for example. But time is there and functions in a in terms of providing a facility for sequence. So then there can be sequence to events. But time is not presiding over the events and retiring them, doing them away, doing away with them, um, and so on and so forth. So every moment is eternally existing, and, and you can still pass from one moment to the next. So your gopas and gopis can pass from one moment to the next. Those moments are also existing, and 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 it's, it's you need to go there to experience it. But. <laughs> But uh, there's uh, there's there's no there's no past in that nothing passes and is over with. Yeah. So every the example of course is given of the sun. It's always twelve o'clock somewhere. It's always twelve o one somewhere. It's always eleven thirty somewhere. And so um, it's every aspect of every leela is eternal still. So time doesn't preside and prevail in a way that it does over actions here. Hmm? Um, but there, the time functions is for sequence. So similarly, in the Gita it said, just to give you an example, Natad Bhashayate Surya Nashashan Kunapabaka. Right? There's no need in my abode there's no need for sun, for moon, for fire. These are agents agencies of illumination. Hmm. The implication of the statement is there's no need for these agents of illumination because my abode is self-illumined. Hmm. Illumination here is a, um, I want to say, a metaphor, the light bulb, the light, for knowledge, for knowing, hmm. for uh, to be enlightened, right? To be lit up hmm. and to know. So bhakti is the end of knowing, as we know, rajavidya, and, and that's the rajaguyam. That bhakti is the end of knowledge. That's the that's the greatest secret. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, um, uh, having arrived, if you will, at the end of knowledge, complete knowledge in the form of love of Krishna, then there's no return from that place. It is all. And this is the emphasis of the verse. The place is fully um, self 
illumined. It means that there's no shadows there. There's no darkness, it means. There's no ignorance there. The implications of all of this, of course, is uh, are what he plays out in the next line, which is Yadgatvan and Devartanteta Dhamma Paramamma. Because it is such, going there one never returns. One never returns, right? Hmm? Coming into the light uh, of knowing, which is love in this case, and then, then there's no return into the shadows. Hmm? Sometimes people, in modern times I've heard, they say, well, that verse says that if you've already been here and you go there, then you won't come back. But if you were never here, you might leave from there. But the, but the first lines of the verse are, are explaining the nature of the place, that there is no darkness there, there is no illusion there. It's self-luminous. Hmm? And that's why you don't come back. So if you're already there in a self-luminous uh, place, if you will, then... There's no darkness, so you understand the point. Um, that said, my point in citing this verse is what? What do you think? There is a moon there. There is a sun there. And Radharani cooks over the fire for Krishna every morning. Hmm? So there's no need for a sun. There's no need for a moon. There's no need for fire as we require that here. Hmm? We require a fire for the, you know, arriving at the right temperature for cooking and, and so forth, uh, uh, for, li- for lighting. We require the sun in so many ways. We are we, we, dependent on these things for our uh, sustenance, right? Without them we would not exist. You can exist without them. Hmm? This is the idea. You can imagine. How could you exist without the sun? How could how could you exist without fire? Hmm. It'd be hard to imagine, right? Um, they're so important to us. But the idea you have there's no need for it. There, there's no need. What is the nature of the place? Hmm. Still, on an, the nature of the place to go further. That's to speak about it being freed from ignorance and and uh, and that consciousness is not mater- dependent on on the uh, um, on matter hmm? and so forth and so on. Um, but that's just a kind of a baseline entry level idea. It's a place of Leela, right? So for Leela, there's a sun. For Leela, there's a moon. For Leela, there's sequence of time. Hmm? But, they, but the moon is a devotee. The sun is a devotee. You know, <laughs> time is a devotee. So they're, they're, they have a role in the context of the play. In the play, then there are props and there are things that are incorporated in that are not you know, necessary. I mean, you're creating a play. You know, they're needed for the play. Right, that's the kind of idea. So they're all um, subservient to what what the place is about, rather than presiding in many ways over the place, like the sun, for example, does here. Hmm? Without the sun, we'd have no vegetation, hmm? no light. Um, we'd all go mad. You know, it'd be it'd be maddening, depressing. So. 
so it presides in some ways and in many ways it's analogous to 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 the godhead hmm? our dependence on the sun it's a meditation right that uh, surya narayan hmm? but not in goloka hmm? the sun is embarrassed by the by the sunspots that it has in comparison to the effulgence of, of krishna so um, so time is necessary in that regard, but it doesn't doesn't function as it does here. Hmm? So the time, you know, nothing, whatever measures up to the test of time. Um, everything is devoured by time. Of course, time is. Krishna says, "Time, I am devourer of of everything." Hmm? So some other trans transcendental form of time necessary for sequence sun is necessary hmm? uh, Radharani worships the sun god the moon is necessary and so forth huh? you understand hmm? there are gods there are demigods there but they are all devotees hmm? what else yes can you ever fully separate Sadhichit and well, <laughs> you could make the argument, as I have many times, that there could be an existence, sat, that was not a knowing existence. Right? But you cannot have a knowing without an existence. So if you have chit, you have to have sat. You could have sat without chit or ananda, but if you have chit, you have to have sat, right? You understand? If you if you know, you have to exist too. You could exist and not know, but you couldn't know and not exist. So, but you could exist and know that you exist, but not be happy, hmm? not have love, right? But if you have love, then you have to, and there, that's a kind of knowing also. And you have to exist. If you love, you know, and you exist also. So, in that sense, sat and chit are really dependent on ananda. Hmm? Or if, if there's an if ananda is more the more the f- full, there are attendants of ananda. An, if ananda is made an attendant to be an attendant of sat, it's a very diminished form of ananda that we find in Brahman. Hmm? When where existence looms large, then the chit and the ananda will be smaller, right? In yoga, the chit is bigger, but in bhakti, anandas takes the central place, and then there is, you see, <laughs> the opposite is the if you have sat in the center, hmm, then you will have a diminished form of ananda. But if you have ananda in the center, you won't have a diminished diminished form of sat or a diminished form of chit. Hmm? The loving existence is the, is the is the best existence, and the knowing that arises out of loving is the best form of knowing. You go the opposite direction, and in, in Brahman, there's a diminished form of knowing and an impoverished form of ananda comparatively. But in Gulok, where ananda is full. You don't have an impoverished form of existence. It may look like that on its surface, cowherd people living in the village, and so on and so forth. Huh? But that's for 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 the 
or the purpose of intimacy, right? So, but, but, um, so no. I mean, once in one sense, they're not uh, separated, um, but there can be diminished forms of chit and ananda um, that, for example, accompany sat, or there could be diminished form of ananda that accompanies sat and chit in, for example, yoga, um, siddhanta. Hmm? Um, these are the you know, aspects of the being of the Absolute. Krishna is Sat, Chit, Ananda. We are Sat, Chit, Ananda, in and in, in our Chit and Ananda is very diminished comparatively. Were it not, we could dispel the influence of Maya readily, very easily. But we cannot. In fact, we get overwhelmed by Maya. So our Ananda and our Chit are diminished, if you will. They're diminished, but they can reach extraordinary heights by which they can not only dispel Maya but also overwhelm Krishna by the ingress of the Sarup Shakti, which is like Satchitananda on on steroids. Right? We give it a different names even. Some Sandini, some Vit Pladini. Hmm? It's actually another Shakti, but the words actually mean being, existence, knowing, loving. They mean the same thing, but we but the Satchitananda, the Tatasta Jiva, and the Satchitananda with of Bhagwan are different, and the, and the Satchitananda that we call San, San, Sandini, Sambitladini are also different. Hmm? Um, I mean, uh, the, 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 the Vaikuntha existence is quite different than ours. It's a way to think about it, and, uh, for example. So, so they, yeah, they go together, but you can have uh, a condition where, um, I mean, you, you take, for example, the jiva. The jiva is the object of love in the world. We, we really move for the self, for the pleasure of the self. Um, 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 and I would say, you know, the most prominent aspect of the of the jivatma is 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 is, is sat, but it has the potential to have huge um, experience of chit and and ananda in conjunction with bhakti. That said, atmaram is 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 more satisfying, more pleasurable than all the material pleasures put together. If you could put them in one big syringe and inject yourself just a drop of the ananda of the self, which is basically getting away from all that stuff, <laughs> is uh, enough to make it seem uh, up here, uh, or if one want to understand how insignificant material so-called pleasure is. Does that help? Yeah. yeah. I, I was wondering, uh, when bhakti comes into the light, the sadhaka, which aspect of bhakti makes the life just like ingress first? And, uh, some bit in Ladini appear on the ground of Sudhasattva. So, but to come into the ground of Sudhasattva, pure existence. Hmm? Um, in that sense, you can say the Sandini is implicit 
and it's not mentioned in Rupa's verse about describing the ingress of bhava, but a, um, but it's implicit, and so a purified existence in a purified heart, then when the purification is done, then the decoration will begin, and it's a, a sudasattva visheshatma means visheshatma sudasattva visheshatma. So sudasattva means really sandini. Hmm? So on the, on the when you arrive in a purified existence through the culture of bhakti, then a visheshat, a combination of ladini and sambit, will manifest in the devotee. Means that for different stayibhavs or different emotions of love for Krishna, like fraternal love or romantic love, for example, then the combination of sambit and ladini will be different. Hmm? That's what it means. It's a kind of knowing. I know I'm the friend of Krishna. And then there's going to be corresponding Ladini in the possible possibility of development and so forth. So I would say something get the take shelter of Nityananda. So retiring the impure existence by taking shelter of Nityananda. He gave Kaviraj Goswami, the blessing, go now, you go live in Vrindavan. You had to go through him, right? That means Surashatva, samsara vasana removing the samsara. He is, you know, existence, right? Manifester of all the worlds. So, taking shelter of him, we come Surashatva. Then, the in, with that, the ingress of Sambit and Ladini in a specialized way relative to our um, sadhu-sangha and subsequent culture of bhakti. Get a question? Um, I think I remember reading towards the end of Brihad Bhagavatamrita, something, there's some discussion about changing of forms but not changing one's bhav at the same time. And I was wondering how that plays out and why would it play out? Well, um, there's a discussion in Brihad Bhagavatamrita regarding um, the uh, of, uh, nature of Bhaikuntha. I think that's what you refer to. So, in Dasya Bhav, then there may be many um, ways in which one can render service to Narayan hmm, that may arise. And it's described that the devotees have the capacity to accept different forms to facilitate service. So they could appear as birds singing, hmm? uh, you know, for example, and change forms according to the necessity of the time, all in Dasyabhava. Hmm? So it doesn't really pertain to Goloka, to the Brajalila. You can't have a coward boy suddenly turned into a bird or something like that, you know. That would be like transcendental, and it's 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 not transcendental overtly. The nature of Bhaikuntha is a hoksaja, so it's overtly transcendental. So things like that can be accommodated. It's like wow, where am I? But in Golok, it's called aprakrita. It's a different type of knowledge, not a hoksaja. Aprakrita. Aprakrita means prakrita means the material world. Aprakrita means it. Looks like it, but it's not. It looks like it. It's human 
like, right? Both words are important. Like is the Aishvarya, human is the Madhurya, human-like. Hmm? So such things would be a little out of out of place. It's a wonderful place. I mean, you, you, you know, there are some wonderful things there. Krishna grows pearls, we heard, right? Just usually are found in oysters, but... <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, it's thought to be the uh, the power of the soil, or whatever. Um, so it doesn't pertain to Golok. So in Golok, it's, which is our ideal at the Brajalila, attain a particular uh, form. You can have a, of course, you have a form in Gaur Lila as well, and a form in Krishna Lila. But they're not changing forms. That would again change the nature of of the place. Does that help? Yeah. What else? Yes. Um, I have a question about. Again, I see a huge uh, discussion uh, in the public forum regarding uh, fall of the Jiva issue. Really? They're still at it. <laughs> still at it, huh? So much so that you know. You're still falling. You're reluctant to try to help. Yeah. My question is, when you have issues like that, where people are not using fine discrimination and do not have a sense of of wanting to fully and properly understand a subject under good guidance, when in a sampradaya is something apasampradaya? I mean, not that I'm trying to, you know, cast dispersions, but just for our general information, when does something like that become truly an impediment to the advancement of the Sampradaya itself? Well, I guess I would say that when um, some type of teaching that is contrary uh, to the Siddhanta is... is, um, is um, um, I would just say is made part of the doctrine. So sampradayas have their doctrines, right? And points of tattva and so forth. So if you, you, you how would you distinguish a sampradaya as being deviant from, for example, the teachings of Rupa Goswami? Well, you, you understand the teachings, and then Bhaktivinoda identified several sects at his time that had deviant ideas and so forth. Um, and uh, that's a deviant idea. It might um, be uh, something that could be employed by an acharya for a certain time, like like we say, you know, Prabhupada had a preaching strategy about origins. Let's say, and then someone says, "Well, how do we know he had a preaching strategy? Are you here to tell us that?" And what's the answer? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm here for. That's what the parampara means. Ex- exactly. And you know, you want to look. They think it's a foreign idea, but I mean, you look back. We can cite so many examples of preaching strategies that were employed by acharyas. The scriptures themselves invoke a. The whole karma kanda is a preaching strategy. Hmm? It's waving a carrot, you know, to get people involved on some level. So they enter more deeply into the scriptures and and find that there's more to it than just a formula for acquiring something 
material, a better wife or a better son or whatever it is, that they're, that they're, so forth. So I've explained these things before. We were talking the other night about Sridhar Swami's, uh, uh, as, as Jiva Goswami explains in Tethys and we had a preaching strategy, right? He lays it right out there. He said, said he was speaking in Maya bodies, wrote a commentary that said enough to bring the Maya bodies in, and then when they got in, they got confronted with these bhakti ideas, huh? So, so, I mean, it's just rampant. It's everywhere. It's it's the very nature of outreach or preaching that you have to be creative in consideration of time and circumstance, how you're going to say something, and so forth. And these strategies, well. Who revealed the strategy of Sridhar Swami? Well, Jiva Goswami. Hmm? Who revealed the strategy of Swaki, the strategy of Jiva Goswami Vaparakiya? Mishvana Chakabhi Thakur. So, you know, there's just so many examples. They're revealed later on by somebody who understands it. Anyway, so, um, so there may be a place for it, for something like that, when invoked by an acharya according to the time and circumstance, but at the time and the circumstances change and so forth, and the preaching strategy's shelf life is determined to be over, then it's important to um, weigh in on that. And if, at a, so I think at a time like that, if there's resistance to that, and a, a misconception is, in, is, is in, incorporated and made part of the doctrine, then you've got a different doctrine. So that's what Apasadanta constitutes. Now, you know, uh, in, in another group that, 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 that some, that, um, where some of our, uh, some Gaudiya people embrace that idea, it doesn't seem to be like a cross-the-board type of a thing. Hmm? And when they try to put it in their books, they said it, you know, like a couple different ways, so it doesn't make any sense, the answer, you know. Prabhupada said it like this, and it could be, I don't know, they, they kind of like, it was like double speak or something like that, what I read some, some years ago. So they haven't really, like, incorporated it, in, uh, but but somebody could incorporate it in their own lives and and, and be, you know, if, you, if it's such that you're against militant even, as we see sometimes, against the actual tattva and the siddhanta, then it certainly becomes detrimental to you. Um, you're, you're, it's, it's, you're really missing a whole lot of the philosophy by that. You're missing the idea that is so important, that, that, your, that your ideal is eternal. If your ideal is not eternal, if it's temporary, potentially, and it can't be of a spiritual nature, even. I mean, they don't get all that. They don't understand those points. So, uh, I, you know, you're asking a question about a. You know, I would say, if a group or a lineage makes it part of the doctrine, that's because that's when. That's for example. I I had this uh, apprehension as many years ago. This subject came up. Hmm. It first came up from the speak to the, amongst Prabhupada's disciples, amongst from the speaking of Sridhar Maharaj. That's where it arose. Hmm? I must be aware of that. Um, and his talks on his veranda, the subject came up, and and some devotees had never thought of it like that, and then and uh, and so forth. And subsequently, it's come up at other times and so forth. And there was a book written, um, I think in 1995, about the not even the leaves fall from Baikuntha or something like that, where it was someone was trying to help straighten the whole thing out and so forth. 
And then after that, a book was published that was called something else, the original position or something like that. When I looked at that book, I thought, oh my God, they put it in print, it's all over. That's what I was, that's kind of like the feeling. Oh, they've put it into the, one of their books. It's like, you know, it's now it's an opposite. But then again, the book isn't necessarily embraced by everybody there, and it's they kind of like with a gray area, so um, I wouldn't want to weigh in on the whole group in that sense, but if people embrace that idea, and are militant against and are resistant to um, Siddhanta and, um, you know, it can't get the points when properly explained with Shastra and so forth. And it's, it, it's, I wouldn't want to be in that position there, there. That's all I can say about it. Right? Yeah. I mean, we could say a lot about it we have over the years, but... But um, yeah, that's when it. You know, if you were to say, "What's your doctrine?" and it includes um, this, 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 and this, and um, and and one can fall from Baikunth or something, and then you know, you could say, "Well, that's your doctrine," and you're not following Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami. So you're, you're in that sense, you're up a Siddhanta. You're you're embracing. Something that is against the uh, Siddhanta of the, the founding Acharyas of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. What else? How else would you determine that they, you know, whatever what it, whatever it is, if it's Gornad or Bhav or it's, you know, uh, Ritvik Vad, you know, there's another one, right? That's like also a deviant idea. So let's go more subtle. Let's go about the possibility of. Uh, Ross in this sampradaya, and you've, you know, and others actually Acharya saying there is only the possibility of Madhuri Ross, so that takes it to a. Well, you have to ascertain why they're saying that. Also, they may that may be some kind of a preaching strategy. Also, they want to shore up their group, all in that way to. Uh, pursue that ideal, which is their ideal, and which is the main ideal of the sampradaya and so forth. But I mean, um, it's uh, so. But otherwise, if one actually believes that, they don't uh, know the history of the Gaudiya sampradaya very well at all. Hmm. And um, I mean, what bigger example could you have than that? Dinanipu, he has no influence. His bhav is not going to be allowed in the sampradaya. <laughs> he is his bhav. I think it might have other some place for it, like, you know, some small place, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, depends how the, how he's doing, how he or she, what person is preaching is, is thinking about it, some kind of strategy to, but it's it's a little over the top as a strategy. It, it just for me personally, of course. For good reasons, but um, yeah. What else? What's what's the time? Uh, okay, we will stop there. We'll have more tomorrow. So, Agni, thank you for coming. Right. Agni will leave early in the morning tomorrow. Right? Yeah. Are you going to take him? Okay. I would love to bring it back because that was like the best car ride.
<laughs> so you had a nice visit? Excellent. Very good. Very good. <laughs> He's been all over the world, so that's a pretty big compliment, I must say. Agnev ki jai. Go radamada ki jai.